Hello, everybody, and thank you again for tuning in to the Move Podcast. My name is Scotty Carlisle. I'm your host. And today we're going to start a three-part series. And we can't get everything in one, and, and there's, there's a lot of stuff to unpack here because I came across somebody that has been very special in my life and almost like a bright shining star. You know, part of the whole reason I'm doing this MOVE podcast is from people like her. Now, this little girl was 14 years old, and you'll see the first interview that we did. And I came across her. I was a, I've been a board member of this charity called SAC, which is Simple Acts of Caring Kindness. And they honor different kids. And this kid was being honored. And that's how I became acquainted with her and her story. Now, at the time I met her, she had, I believe, just had her fourth brain surgery and had gotten some news that tumor was had grown by 35% and, and just very bad news. And this interview that you're going to listen to or watch, depending on what you're doing, is the first interview I got to do with her. And I, I asked her parents, you know, Veronica and Larry, hey, you know, your kid is special. You mind if I interview her? Like, she just got this beautiful attitude about her, this glowing presence. And they're like, sure, why not? So I went over to their house, and what you're going to hear, what you're going to see is this conversation with this 14-year-old girl that said some of the most profound things I've ever heard come out of anybody's mouth. And she blew me away. And that was a precursor for doing this thing called the V-Day Festival of Giving, which I wanted to do something special for her birthday. So we did a bunch of stuff. I pulled in the Chamber of Commerce and tried to get as many people, and I shut down the parking lot and had a bunch of non-profits that set up a booth, and then I was telling everybody in the community, hey, guys, come and for Victoria's birthday give in her name to one of these nonprofits. It was called the V-Day for Victoria Festival of Giving. And it was really cool. Ended up publishing a comic book and it was called The Messenger and I'm sure we'll get into that at some point down the road. And had a couple of actors from Disney movies come and tell her happy birthday and had this big 18-foot LED screen where we were was playing you know where we were playing some of her videos on the background from the conversations that we've had and had a barbecue and it was just an amazing event and all because she had inspired me through her shining light you know through the adversity that she faced she had the most positive attitude and um, yeah, and literally, it continues to affect me to this day, and I'm sure everybody that she's talked to. So I want to do a three-part series. This first one is the interview. Then there's going to be a second interview, and that was after she had her fifth brain surgery. And we'll get into that later, but again, she still had uh, a great attitude. She had... She had to suffer through chemo and uh, being confined to a hospital bed and all this stuff. And, and so she still had that. So I invite you to listen to this interview. And I hope, and I'm sure if you listen to it, it will provide perspective. It will give you a better attitude about whatever is going on in your life. Because she had the choice. She could have definitely had a different attitude about this whole thing. But she chose not to. She chose to spread positivity joy and positivity and you'll see that so without further ado listen to this interview with the amazing victoria smitherman my name is victoria smitherman victoria smitherman how old are you i am 14 years old 14 years old 
When's your birthday? March 30th. Oh, my birthday's March 31st. So, oh. no wonder we get along so well already. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we're right there. Um, so, do you have any, like, before we talk about anything, uh, like, serious, I want to get a little bit more just kind of about you. So, do you have any hobbies or... Well, I like to play with my dog. I never played tennis, but just like, you know, it looks really fun and I've always been into that. And I love swimming. That's like my all-time favorite thing to do in the summer. Ah, what's your dog's name? Phil. What kind of dog is he? Chihuahua mixed with all these different kinds of dogs and stuff. <laughs> so. What uh, What's your favorite thing about your dog? She's fun. She's like hyper just like me. <laughs> and then what swimming do you do? Do you like a freestyle or just swimming doesn't matter? Freestyle, sometimes me and my sister go swimming. Like 4th of July we go to my neighbor's house. We go swimming and stuff. I just do freestyle. Alright, alright. Um, so, and then tennis? So you play tennis? No, never, but just the thought of it. You know, just, you know, playing it on my way kind of looks fun and then sometimes I could just Go by, I go by the park and I see people doing it and I'm like, that looks fun. And I've always wanted to do it, but I've never got the chance. How about racquetball? Have you ever seen racquetball? No. Because racquetball is easy too. You can join a gym and anyway. Uh, I play racquetball. There are some people that whoop my butt though. There, there are some <laughs> serious racquetball players that they usually don't mess around because it's like they need business. And it's funny. It's funny. But um, okay, so hobbies. Um, what about quirky things? Do you have any little, like, weird things about you, quirky, that is kind of goofy or... Well, there's a lot of goofy things about me. <laughs> oh, yeah? When it comes to family, I do a lot of crazy things. I can do, like, a deep voice sometimes, and I imitate, like, this lady that was a smoker in a commercial. <laughs> I imitate her sometimes. <laughs> Let and me see. Do it. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Do it one more time. Hello. <laughs> Do the whole thing. I, yeah. Yeah, she's got it figured out. Here. Hello, I'm Nancy, and I used to be a smoker, and that's how I got ready for the day. First, my wig, then my teeth, then my free hand device, and now I'm ready for the day. <laughs> oh my god. That, that is awesome. Oh my gosh. We're going to use that somewhere on something. Some kind of comedy thing. I don't know. That, that is great. Wow. I can't eat. I, I could do that voice for a Jeff Dunham show. Oh, you could, huh? You could yeah. be a total ventriloquist. I've heard of him because I watched the show called Tanked. It's uh -huh. like where they, like really cool guys make big tanks. It's really cool. So I, they did a tank for him and I was like, oh. Cool. So, <laughs> so uh, are you artistic at all? Can you draw or any of that stuff? I can draw, yeah. I'm a pretty good draw, you know. I don't like, I'm not like the, you know, good at like drawing realistic stuff that much, but like cartoons and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty good. What do you like drawing? Like, uh, example. There's these animals that, um, there's this lady the, from YouTube, she draws these animals called chibi animals and they have like these really cute eyes. I have some pictures of them somewhere. Ah, okay. Do you draw a lot or? I draw a lot. I have like like 20 to 30 some of those. A lot. Like different animals like horse, dog, cat, raccoon, you name it. <laughs> <laughs> so in your free time, you draw and, and what else? Like if you're just hanging out, there's nothing else to do. Well, I go outside. We have like a rocking chair, you know, outside. Sometimes I just go outside and my dog comes over. She sits either next to me or on my lap. Yeah, I just like to go there, pet her, I play outside with her and stuff. It's kind of like meditation, nice yeah. and relaxing. Yeah, and then my dog's like my baby too. <laughs> That's like cool. to my parents, she's like just a dog, but to me she's like my little baby. And what was her name again? I... Um, Victoria. No, her name, oh. the dog. I know oh. your name. <laughs> <laughs> Belle. Belle. I won't forget your name. <laughs> um, Belle. Okay, so... So how about heroes? Do you have any heroes? Um, my heroes, um, my heroes gotta be fire department, military. Um, there's this guy named Tristan. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's like really complicated and stuff. <laughs> so, 
Um, he once he did a song for me on you. He did a song for me like you. You could see on YouTube and um, Facebook. You know, he posted a song for me for my birthday. So he's kind of my hero. You know, cause yeah, like we have two different battles. You know, he's fighting for his country and I'm fighting for my life. But they're both basically the same action when you think about it because he's actually fighting for his life too. So. Yeah, wait, that's. He's in, South, he's in South Korea. Yeah. Oh, wow. And how did you meet, how did you meet or come in contact with him? Well, um, we just like saw a video of him, you know, my mom saw a video and she was like, hey, this is for you. So she showed me the video of the guy, you know, singing, he played the guitar and stuff. It was like really nice. I actually started crying when I saw it. The first time you just saw it and you started crying? The first time, not really. I was just like, oh my God, that is so pretty. But like the second time and the third time, I started crying a little. Ah, wow. He's a, he's a soldier in South Korea and he's a Corona resident. So he's like 21 years old and he saw, just saw her story on Facebook and he wrote her a song about fighting, right? And yeah, it was just a, Beautiful song this kid wrote, and he sang it, played the guitar on on uh, YouTube, and posted it on the wall. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> that is just so cool. How about how about so Tristan's one of your heroes? Do you have any other ones? Uh, I gotta say Jim Steiner. Ah, he's, he's one, one of mine too. I'll pay you, I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Stein, just else? like in general him and then just in general firefighters and stuff they're my heroes because I'm friends with like firefighters from like different stations here in Corona and they're just all my heroes because you know they fight fires and stuff and they do good community service like that's how I met Jim he came to one of my um, my fundraisers my lemonade fundraisers so that kind of you know Got me more into him and stuff. So, okay, and then just to continue along with that. So, with all the things that you're going through right now, have you been put in different positions that if you hadn't been, if you're not in this fight right now that you wouldn't have been in? You know, is there is there anything that you're like, wow, this is, you know, interesting that I'm here, and if I didn't have this problem, I wouldn't have had this really cool thing happen? Well. Um, it's actually a lot of things. If it wasn't for my kids, I wouldn't have gone to Disney World, discovered so many cool things. Like, I actually, all my life, I never knew about Relay for Life until, like, my teachers from 7th grade, you know, and then Jim Steiner talked to me about Relay for Life and stuff, and that's how I first found out. And, like, just seeing it, like, going, we'd always used to go by the park to see my grandma at a residence place, you know, or, like, a senior's place. Um, I think it's called Brookdale now, it's in here in Corona. Uh, so we'd go by the park and stuff and we'd never see anything going on. But like when we went there, I was like, this is the place where Real Life for Life is at? I can't believe I've never seen it because we used to go by that park all the time and stuff. What do you like about Re Relay for Life? It's just, we're just celebrating survivors, survival, because there's so many false stories of people like, um, my friends told me, like, I used to actually get a little bit bullied when I was in 6th and 7th grade about cancer. And, um, they, the kids would, like, talk to me about it and they say, aren't you afraid of dying? And I was like, eh, a little bit. But some things they say, you know, kind of, like, got me more scared about it. Like what? Like, one kid, he told me, you know, I, like, told the kid, um, my doctor told me my, I had only a year left to live and he's like ooh live your life before it's done and like it doesn't sound like that much you know but like you have to be in my position to like actually you know know how it feels because yeah but then uh, I saw him actually in the beginning of high school I saw him and I was like look at me I'm still here right and he started laughing but now we're kind of buddies now so we're cool now that's cool did you at least get to slap him around a little bit <laughs> kind of. <laughs> All right, that's cool. So, um, so have there been any other things besides Relay for Life that you know, Jim, Jim Steiner, the station, being on the news, 
Like, it's not that big of a deal for me to be on the news and on the radio. But what I just liked about it is, like, it's a cool experience. It's not something you go through every day, you know? It's not a common thing. It's not like everybody gets to be on the radio. It's special. But I... And then, plus, I like the fact that I get to share my story and inspire other people to stay strong. And I'm Catholic, and I like to share my story and tell them my testimony and how God has related you know, in my journey, how he's kept me alive, and, yeah. So, what about your um, princess for the day from the day of the child? Oh, yeah, that was cool. Um, about a year or two ago, I think, uh, we got, I was um, named to be a princess of Corona, you know, because of my story, because of everything that's going on and my attitude and stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, and the ambassador thing. Yeah, when you were there, I was. Oh yeah. Ambassador, and actually, I will. I'm going to an event Saturday, one day, a day or two before my surgery. I am going on um on Laguna Beach, I think. I'm going there to for a gala. It's a gala for a thing called Soccer for Life. So I saw. Um, I went to a We Camp fundraiser. You know, and there was this couple there, and they were like, I loved your speech. Have you heard of this gala for uh, called Soccer for Life? When me and my oh, mom man. were like, Soccer for Life or Soccer for Soccer Hope? Soccer for Hope, yeah. So, um, the couple, my mom and my dad were like, yeah, yeah. Because my doctor, I had a, you know, another doctor and stuff. And he's actually going to be there. So that's, he gave us an invitation for that. But the couple was, the couple was talking about it and stuff and we were like yeah oh yeah we got an invitation from dr finley and stuff so well that's yeah. cool and they and, and, and since so. they heard my voice you know they heard my inspirational speech you know that i did there and they were like you know we would like to name your daughter patient ambassador and we'd like her to say a couple of words of inspiration i was like oh cool and Team Victoria yeah, too. Team Victoria. They've, they've, yeah, they've been the biggest support. Other than family and stuff, Team Victoria would be like my second family because they supported me a lot. You know? How cool is that? Yeah. That's like. There are pillars in our. I have two pillars in my my two pillars of support. Team Victoria, well actually three. Team Victoria, firefighters, and my family. That's that's pretty uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so, getting back to you said you're Catholic. Yes. All right. So, the role of your faith in in giving you strength for challenges, like how how do you think that puts how, how do you think that fits together? Well, um, you, are you talking about like how my cancer has related to God and all that? However, you can explain it to me. Well, uh, you know, it's because my, you know, ever since I found out about my fourth surgery, I will be getting in a, a few days, like in four or five days. Um, I have, we had on Tuesday before we, you know, heard of the news again, but before we went to the hospital next, last week, you know, Tuesday, uh, my mom told me, like, my neighbors were coming with my mom and stuff. And I was like, why are they coming? And my mom was like, we have something to tell you. Your cancer came back. And I was like, oh, really? Um, I was surprised, but I wasn't like, oh, no, cancer, I'm going to die, you know? I wasn't like that. I was just like, oh, cancer, great. And I was like, well, you know, I was talking about it and stuff, and my neighbors came by to talk about more about it, you know, and I would, like, express, I would express, you know, Mom was so sad and stuff. She was confused with things and stuff. Yeah. Um, what what happened was my mom would get sad and um, she'd cry and stuff. And I was like, don't worry, unless God goes away, you know. Because I have, and I was like, Mom, we have God with us. We got Jesus. Because look at, I know this fourth cancer is not just a coincidence. Because seriously, I was doing so well. I was doing so well with everything, you know, and then the cancer comes back. That's not much of a coincidence. I think it's God that's doing this now. And a lot of people say, you know, 
God, if you're suffering, it's from, you know, God just suffering and stuff. And a lot of people are like, why are you punishing me, God? If you love me so much, why are you making me suffer? So I've learned during my journey that God makes me suffer to learn about life, you know, and to, it's to grow closer to Him, you know. Because actually through my suffering, I've grown closer to God. And that's why I've been getting miracles, you know, blessings and stuff, so. I think that's important because I think a lot of people don't, you know, they, they don't believe in God and they, yeah. but, but I feel like a lot of times when you're in certain situations, like, and you turn to God and you do have faith and things open up and, and so yeah. I think it's important. You know what kind of annoys me? Some people I've heard from, you know, some people they um, go to, they, they are like religious and stuff and then after something bad happens to them, they just go away from God and they're like, I don't believe in him anymore. And, I was, and I'm like, why? Why don't you believe in him? And they're like, well, he made me suffer. And I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, no, she made me suffer. Like, is, this was actually one of my friends I was talking to during like seventh, eighth grade. And she didn't believe, she used to be, uh, she, her family used to be Catholic, but they, um, she lost her mom, you know, and then the dad wasn't Catholic. He became Catholic for the wife, and actually, um, so they didn't, they stopped being Catholic, and they just became atheists, and I was like, come on, even though you're suffering, sometimes the suffering will lead to happiness at the end of the life. You just gotta wait for God's plan to go through, you know, you gotta wait for it to finish, for it to be happy, so... It kind of so is that what would you say your definition is of faith is believing in God and just put any problems situations you know just put him in put it in his hands and just hope for the best so and then expanding on that so you know you you pray and that you know God is there for you and that gives you strength and then you yeah. have your, you know you have your three pillars which helps you but Maybe has there been any has there, is there any point in time that that you're that you can remember where you had a really horrible experience where it challenged like your faith right now? What you're saying is the epitome of strength. But have can you think of some some time where you were very challenged and you were scared? I've had a couple of times. Um, the first time was when I had the bad brain bleed and when I found out I almost was in a coma. That was like, I was like, what? I was kind of upset with God and I kind of still, you know, regret being mad at him and I know it's wrong, but I was just mad at him about things, you know? I was mad at him about giving the brain bleed and all that. And the second was the third brain tumor, my third one. That one, I was like, why are you doing this to me? If you love me so much but after a while you know after my third surgery and all that and I was like you know the team Victoria did my birthday you know they did a birthday a big birthday party a little after surgery you know when I was already basically recuperating more better um, they did a birthday party for me so it was cool and that got me to think you know if this is what I, if this is what you want for me, you know, just if this is my destiny for me to keep on having cancer to support, you know, to get people closer to you, then okay, whatever. Hmm. Wow. And and then how about maybe some relationships or experiences that you have with maybe either some of your doctors or nurses that were either cool or I don't know any of them. Well. I gotta say I had a relationship and I think what happened was my first, my very first brain surgery a little before it, like a day or two before it, I was in Corona Regional due to the vomiting and the headaches and all that and my mom finally took me to Corona Regional because we were going to my pediatrician and she was like, oh no, it's a flu, that's it. And it, my mom was like, no, it's not because I was violently vomiting and all and she's like okay that's it i'm taking you to emergency room and so so we did many blood tests over and over again and you know and they did a, a pet scan either a ct scan or an mri 
you know, I think it was a CT scan, but they did that and they were like, okay, your daughter has something in her head and that's why she's getting headaches and all that. So we need to take, I actually didn't know about this until we got to the, you know, the ambulance car, the ambulance car. So what happened was they told my mom, she has something in the brain. We're not really sure, but we're going to transfer her to a children's hospital for her, you know, to be in better hands. So, you know, it was kind of, it was um, a little weird and happy at the same time because when I was in the ambulance car, I met this really nice ambulance guy. Um, so I'm there and stuff and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. All I know is I'm being transferred <laughs> and the guy laughed and he's like, you know, I'm very sorry, you know, about everything. And I was like, no, it's cool. I've actually never driven, you know, I've actually never been in the ambulance car before, but it's kind of cool. So it was a weird experience. And at the same time, it was cool because the guy offered me, his mom works at Disney and he offered me a ticket to go to Disneyland for free. So he offered me four tickets for my mom, my dad, my sister, me, and I think he offered a few other guests to come with us. So that was cool. And, um, you know, that was one of the guys, you know, one of the people I've met, but it was cool since he offered me this. His name was Johnny. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Do you have a favorite nurse? Yes. Uh, one late um there's two nurses I actually have. Well, I gotta say one. There's a <laughs> there's actually a nurse named Victoria that works up at the fourth floor where the kids are admitted and stuff staying in the hospital. That's the fourth floor of the hospital I go to. So her name's Victoria. I had her so when I was, you know, my third surgery and stuff, and I was in a patient ICU, um, she got me in my room, and I was like, she looks familiar, Mom. And my mom was like, you know, you look familiar. You look like the, the nurse we had many years ago, and she was. So it was cool, because we saw each other again, and it was like a reunion. Her name was, her name was actually Victoria, too. So That's awesome. Yeah. So it was cool seeing her again, and that she's my favorite nurse. Cause when I when I told her I am I'm gonna have surgery again this uh this weekend, well this next week, she's like, oh I'm sorry. If you ever need anything, don't hesitate. Just you know you could always tell me, and you know I'll do anything for you. And I was like, oh thank you. <laughs> so she's one of the nicest nurses I've ever had, and my favorite nurse of all time. Cause she's really nice. And actually, we're not. She's not allowed to be friends with me on Facebook, but she. I think she likes me a lot, and she's like, you know, I want to be friends with you on Facebook. So now we're we talking to each other and Facebook and stuff, and it's but it's like it's not like she's a nurse to me. It's like she's my friend. If you had a message that was ten words or less, um, and that you could put it on a on a big billboard somewhere. Whether it's like over the freeway or, or just anywhere, anywhere, just you can be creative. What would that message be and what, where would you put it? Have faith, keep strong, stay positive, and be happy. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if they put me on the billboard, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Take a picture and go like. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. So, so on some of the other interviews, is there any other topics that came up that was that was interesting that um, we might not have touched on right here? Or? Um, one, the lady yesterday from the interview I had, she was like. How were you able to handle all this? And I think you asked that question. Well, that's sure. a good question. How about, how were you? Well, yeah, because the three pillars. So we do kind of have that answer. But yeah. do you have any other thing that you want to add? That you um, God, he's one of our, my biggest pillars. Because that's why I'm always happy, upbeat, you know, and stuff. <laughs> that's why I'm always like this. Because God by my side and stuff. He's my, he's my guy. He's my dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. But in, also in a respectful way, you know, because yeah. he's the biggest guy, you know, he's, but in a respectful way, he's my dude. <laughs> what a, what a, that's cool. That's the, uh, the way that you say that is very, it's just, you got, I, I feel like you have a, uh, 
I don't know, some kind of insight beyond your years, which I think is, is really cool. And that's, that's what I think is, is so awesome is because you have, like you got this big struggle, right? And everybody's, everybody sees it from there yeah. and they're like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, you're, how, you're 14 and you have like such a great attitude and you know, it's just, so it's really, it's really cool. So you look young, but you say things that are very, you know, noble and beyond your years. And anyway, enough, enough of compliments for me. Um, how about, uh, what was I gonna, I was gonna ask you something else and it was gonna be so important. No, you mentioned, before you mentioned the Scotty, you know, what message you like to put out there, and you mentioned something about you didn't want to just reach out to the kids, but you want to reach out I'll, to teens yeah. and adults. And I want to, this message that I'm giving out, I don't want it just for the adults, just for the children. I want it for people all ages, uh, 10, uh, 20, 30, 40s, you name it, any age. I want this message to go through because many kids in all age, people in all ages can get depressed with you know stuff like this and sometimes like sometimes I'll admit I've seen a lot of people make a big deal out of cancer yeah it's a heartbreaking thing to go through but sometimes they just make a little too big of a deal about it you know and my message to them is yeah this is cancer is tough but sometimes you just gonna you know I told my neighbor when I had that talk with them you know with my parents and stuff uh, I told my neighbors I was like you know sometimes you have to be like Patrick like be serious with some things and sometimes be like okay whatever <laughs> you know so from Spongebob yeah <laughs> I like it because <laughs> that's that's why you always see me happy because I'm like Patrick I'm like his brother I'm like his brother uh sister sorry so like I'm his sister <laughs> why do you think why do you think those people that make such a big deal out of it what you know they get depressed and stuff what do you think what why do you think they get depressed and they stay in that sometimes i uh, just sometimes they think oh cancer i'm gonna the first thing they think about cancer is death that's what they think they're like cancer equals death but i mean you should hear the so many stories also yeah there's like 50 like 60 percent chance of 60% of the people around the world die of cancer but you gotta look at the 40% too you gotta look at the 40% and say, you know, I can make a bigger percentage of that survival. No. So, attitude? You think yeah. attitude? Attitude and positivity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Not just cancer, Victoria. You always said to you to anybody. You have talked to people that don't, don't have cancer. Oh, well, and you have lived hard. Yeah. Like, um, I have a couple of cool stories to tell you um once in my youth group we have a we go to church and stuff there's this um i go to saint matthew's and uh there's this thing they have it's called saint matthew's youth ministry so i'm um that's why i got used the ambassador thing at the sec award you know because um i was there you know and it was the very first meeting we had the first day first meeting first everything and um there was a girl there, you know, I was, I was like, the guy, the head guy, you know, the basically the teacher, um, he was like, would anybody like to share anything about prayer? So I just stood up and I was like, um, hi, I'm Victoria, and I introduced myself and I told them I have cancer. And I told them how prayer has helped, prayer has helped me a lot. Because if I, seriously, if it wasn't for prayer, I would not be standing right here. And... Um, I am a cancer survivor and, well, cancer fighter, and uh, I think prayer is what key, is keeping me alive. And so then, uh, a few weeks later, Jim Simon contacts me and says, you know, there's a girl at the St. Matthew's Youth Ministry group, and her mom just told me that your own um, Victoria, that um, I impacted her, because she had rough times, you know, everything she just was depressed she had some rough times and i really don't know what but you know um but she said she had rough the mom was like she was going through a lot and this what um i said has changed her view in life completely so she went from depressed to completely happy and 
Yeah, and when I heard that, I was like, oh, cool, this is what I want. This is what I like to do. I like to make kids happy, you know, the kids that are depressed with things, not just like cancer and stuff, but with like something that's going on, like if their parents are divorced, if mom or dad are gone or something, you know. That's what I like to do. I like to inspire them to just don't, you know, like the song, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> and another story was a, uh, a while ago, we went to Silver Dollar Pancakes. Have you heard of that Corona, place? Yeah, yeah. Sixth Street. Best Street place stuff. ever. So we were eating there for my mom's anniversary. My mom and my dad's anniversary. We went to like a breakfast thing. It was last Friday. And uh, so we went there for breakfast and stuff. And I saw this really pretty lady, you know, with her with her husband and stuff. They were going to eat Silver Dollar, you know, there. And they, you know, sat down and stuff. And I was like, Mom. I can tell she's spinal cancer. Can I go up to her? And I, I was like, my mom was like, yeah, sure. And then I, my dad was like, yeah, go. So I kind of was like, go. And then I'm like, no, go. And I had to tell my sister was like, go on, go. This is what you like to do, right? And I was like, cool. So I just walked over. And I was like, are you battling brain? Are you battling cancer? And she's like, yes, I have breast cancer. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I have brain cancer, you know. And, you know, I was talking to her, asking her where she goes, what hospital she goes to and stuff. She goes to City of Hope, you know. And she was in this weird treatment. She didn't tell me because she forgot at the time. And I was like, well, I'm battling brain cancer too. And I know this might be tough for you, but make sure you just stay strong. She's like, oh, God bless you, sweetie. And I was like, I'll pray for you. And she's like, I will too. So um, I go back to where we were eating, you know. I eat and stuff and so the my dad asked for the bill from the waitress and the waitress was like well there's no bill and my dad was like why and guess what um the lady was like well the couple right there which is the couple i was talking to about they paid for the bill because she got so touched by my story and so we had we had a free breakfast, which was pretty cool, <laughs> especially on my mom and my dad's anniversary. So that's a big gift. And but stuff. the lady said that um, she you totally made her day. That way, said you changed the life of that year. That's, she said that she um, felt like today her life was changed. So she said, and so much appreciation she paid. They pay. And now, now I'm thinking of doing that. If I see someone, you oh. know, that has the bald head and stuff, unless it's a guy, you know. I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like a lady or something, or if I could, mm -hmm. like, and the main, the main way you could tell if someone's fighting, fighting cancer, no eyebrows or eyelashes. So that's how I could tell. Cause I, I was like, so what if she just shaved her head for, you know, for someone else? But I saw her eyebrows. She's like, and I was like, no eyebrows. She's doing, you know. So now I'm thinking of doing that a little more often because I, you know, not just for the free breakfast or lunch, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, just because I want to touch more, I want to touch more heart. In the park, anywhere. Not yeah, <laughs> park, school, anywhere. <laughs> what is it? Uh, what is it? Why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to touch people's hearts? I, I don't know. Um, so 2012-2013, we went to this camp called We Can Camp, and what happened was they had this thing called We Can Do Anything. It's where the kids get to do a skit, an act, singing, dancing, whatever. And I was like, you know, I want to do an act, so I put singing. But then after that, I was like, no, I don't want to sing in front of a lot of people, so I just put inspirational speech. And I was kind of nervous because I didn't know what I was doing that much, but I just spoke. I just winged it. I just spoke whatever I had to tell people in my heart. And I saw uh, I had a standing ovation. People were crying and stuff. And I was like, you know, this feels good. And that was my first inspirational speech. And that's why I like to do it. I like to not, you know, I like to make people cry out of happiness. I like to make people be like, you know, thank you for, you know, changing my life. Thank you for letting me. Um, look life in a different view, you know. Thank you for letting me be happy. Thank you for chasing my, changing my life. I don't know, just ever since then, ever since that first inspirational speech I've ever done, that's when I just started getting into it. Just 
to see the people, you know, just to see the people happy, how I changed their life, and they just, it just made me feel good. Yeah, that's, not many people can, can change lives like that, so, I mean, that, talk about a blessing. The fact that yeah. you can do that, man, that's cool. Yeah. Your words actually impact other people's lives, like, that's yeah. powerful. And I think, I think it's a gift from God. I think, I think this is my purpose of being here. I think this is the purpose of getting my cancer four times, getting all this. I think that's my purpose, to inspire people through my words, you know, through talking about how God has been an impact, a huge impact in my life. So would you say that being scared doesn't play a role or do you, are you still scared here and there? Like what? It's so, I'm, what I'm trying to say, my message is also, you know, it's okay to be scared, but at the same time, you gotta look things in the positivity. Like, I've been telling a lot of people, so the glass, like, pretend there's a window, and there's, like, so many beautiful things outside, but you look at the negative, like, the negative, you know, part, which is the window blocking it. But you gotta sometimes look through the window and see the beauty on the outside, which is the positive, the positive side to things, you know. And... You know, my cancer, I could look as my surgery, you know, I'm probably going to miss Halloween. Um, Halloween isn't my favorite holiday, but, you know, it's because of the free candy. Who doesn't want free candy, right? Exactly. So, like, I'm, my favorite part of Halloween is the trick-or-treat, you know, the funny scares, especially in AFV. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I like to look at the Halloween scares they have. So, um... I can look at it as having surgery, having an IV, being in pain and stuff, missing Halloween, missing to see my friends at school, or I can look at it because they always, the hospital always has actors, singers, they always have someone cool there, you know, and they might do something cool for the kids that stay for Halloween, you know, they might do something cool, they might, they might pass out candy, they might have someone special there, so I can look at it as having, like I said, I can look at it as having surgery, or I can look at it as maybe seeing something cool while I'm at the hospital, right? Yeah, that's how cool, yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't even add to that, that's just well said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, um, anything else that pops up? I mean, I think we got a lot of really yeah. great material. I'm sitting here like trying to fight stuff back because, you know, I think a lot of people, they see it and they're gonna, re they're gonna relate their own life, you know? Like their own lives and situations, and your and and your strength is definitely gonna, and your attitude is definitely going to touch them on whenever they think about their hard time that they're thinking about. They're yeah. like, wow, this fourteen-year-old girl, look at her attitude, and why is you know what the heck is wrong with me? I know. <laughs> I know. That's what I like to do. Like you know, some people tell me I'm like they're like you know you're so amazing. Sometimes like um I seen a cancer survivor talk to me about. You know, she's like, I love your inspirational speeches because sometimes when I get my blood draw, I think of you because the lady told me I even sometimes cry through blood draws. And she's like, wait, why am I crying? What about Victoria? She doesn't almost cry at all. So I'm going to be tough like her. And the lady told me that in real life a lot, either I think this year or last year, somewhere there, she was talking to me and stuff and saying that. And I was like, oh, thank you. Because I, I kind of like, you know, I like to be that general you know that tells people stay stay strong no matter what comes to you because that's how the general of a soldier of the people the soldiers are like you know you got the general and you got the soldiers so i like to be so the soldiers could be like the cancer people the people that are sad and stuff and i can, and i like to be the general because i like to tell people stay strong fight hard and do whatever it takes for you to live and be <laughs> <laughs> you've had so you've already had three surgeries this will be yes three brain surgeries this will be my fourth brain surgery but surgeries in total total seven oh, wow. two here one here and a four here i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> wow so uh what other surgeries did you have besides brain surgeries um i had there's this thing called a port um because i'm really hard with ivs because my veins are small they're deep inside and they move a lot so when they put that uh needle in they move so it's hard and they sometimes have to get it three or four times they go once couldn't get it 
twice, couldn't get it. Third time, couldn't get it, and then fourth, they get it. So the IV is for like help for people who can't get their IVs that easily, you know? Port. That's, you know, the port is for that. So you have a port? Well, not right now. They took it out. Oh, okay. They took it out last year, but my cancer came back this year, and I was like, are you kidding me? I had it, they took it out, and now I'm probably gonna need it again. <laughs> but, so two surgeries, putting it in, taking it out. On my neck, on the back of my neck, I had a cyst. They took that out, so that's three, and then three brain surgeries, that's six, plus my, no, I'm gonna get four. So on the brain surgeries, what, um, like on the post-op, did you have any pain or anything like that, like when you woke up or it was okay? You know what is so weird? Brain surgeries, no pain, I'm just like, <laughs> And then with my poor surgery, putting it in, man, it was painful. I was screaming, I was crying, putting it putting it in, but putting it out, I was like, oh, it hurts and stuff, it was sore. But putting it in, I was scream I was screaming, I was crying, and I even I told something to my dad that I kinda regret these days. I told him, This is all your fault, you know. Mm -hmm. and, oh man. Yeah. He was crying all over. Oh, I'm sure. My my son had a broviac, so it's it's kind of like a port, the same thing, you put it in and that's where you get all the nutrition and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, it's right there. Yeah? Yeah, yeah so my son has a scar here. He had a, I guess they make an incision in the neck, put a little camera in there and they poke a hole in your chest somewhere and then, then he has a scar from here all the way to here. Uh, and then he has another scar here from his surgery. Oh yeah, I think that you told us mm -hmm. about that big scar here. Yeah, I got a big scar. Yeah. And he had he had but, hemorrhaging in his brain too, and a cyst in his brain, and yeah. He when I see, he yeah yeah no he does he um they says it they they says they says it's resolved, but I don't know if, if um it the cyst anyway there was still like some extra you know blood in there or what whatnot but. How premature was he? 24 weeker, so four months early. Oh my. 28? Oh yeah, so you were probably in the NICU too for a little while. Yeah, so you know how. Yeah, we still talk to the two nurses that primarily took care of her. Huh? Well, all of mine were early. 28, 32, 36, and then 32. Yeah, that's. So you know your way around the NICU. Yeah, I saw. 24. I mean, he was a little over a pound, so yeah. He's, he had a miracle baby. Yeah, totally, and that's and that's why you know, uh, and and that's a, a pretty powerful story too. Like just because you see, you see, and then being in the NICU and you see the probability, and then you see all the bad things happen, right? Mm -hmm. And and you do pray, and then you see miracles. You see things that you're like. You're praying to God, and then you see that it line up, and you're like, I know that was from the Yeah, prayer, you know, you know? Um, I have something to relate, because when I was doing so good, I think this was 2014 or 2013, so when I was good, right, I was pretty much done with treatment and stuff, um, one of the guys that worked there that I know pretty good, his name is Carlos, you know, he brings out the papers for, uh, for the appointments and blood work and stuff, and so um, once he, I was like, you know, we were saying bye to him, and he was like, you know what? Your daughter's a miracle. He told my mom, your daughter's a miracle, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your baby's fine? Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's actually uh, hard to handle. <laughs> that, kid, <laughs> that kid is a tank, and he will run through it. I mean, he doesn't stop. He's definitely. You know, this, he's here for a reason. Um. <clears throat> you know, when I when I see scars like mine or big, huge scars, I don't like to think of them as weird thing, uh, weird cuts, big cuts. I look at them as battle scars. I agree. That's a yeah, <laughs> and actually, I got that from a kid from my eighth grade class for well, eighth eighth grade. Um, you know, when I was in eighth grade and seventh period. Um, it was, you know, reading success for school where you read for reading logs and reading goals and reading and, you know, so like that's a period where you can do your homework and read. So, um, what happened was I was, I was back from my surgery just 
I went to school here and there just to see my friends again and so because I kind of missed everybody. So I just I would just go to school after my third surgery, like after a week when I was basically recovered. Um, a week after being home, being in bed, I go to school just to see my friends and say hi again. Uh, so one kid, his name is Kevin, or we call him KC. Um, so I was just back there and I was like, and some, like I had a big bald spot here. And I was kind of embarrassed by it and stuff. So I was like, I don't like it. I don't like how it shows. And he's like, well, don't look at it as something ugly. Look at it as a battle scar. <laughs> And that was funny. That's why I got. That's why I call it battle scar now. So his words actually helped you. His kind words. Yeah, that's you know, cool. you, everybody, you know, jail, jail. My mom, my dad. Well, not my mom and my dad that much, cause they're always with me. But just people that I'm not always with 24/7. They always see me as the happy jolly girl, you know, smiley face and stuff. But sometimes I'll admit it. Sometime, like after my fourth surgery, when I found out about my cancer coming back, I was like, oh, no problem, surgery, and that's it. But um, the next day when I went to school, on Thursday last week, I went to school and I was telling my third period teacher, and um, I was crying and stuff, you know, and I was with my friend, and my friend, too, you know, I was crying with her, and I told her my cancer came back and all that stuff, so... I like you know I'm not always happy I like sometimes at first I'm like oh it's okay it'll be fine but after the after a few days that's when I start thinking about the outcome and stuff of it and then I start thinking about the reality and that's when I start you know getting a little emotional I'm good now I want to recuperate fast <laughs> both surgery and emotionally <laughs> Yeah, there's a um, there's a saying too. I, I don't know something that says. Oh, uh, Saint Peregrine. Well, it's talking about miracles. It said before I didn't used to believe in miracles, but now I rely on them. And I think people in in their situations when you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. You rely yeah. on miracles. I know at first, and actually before my cancer thing, I wasn't that close to God. I wasn't. My mom was like really, you know, strong Catholic and all that, but I wasn't that much. You know, I was. So like, oh, um, God, you know, I love you, God, and all that. But that's how I was like at first. But then after my cancer and all that, I, all the miracles and blessings I got from him, I'm now I'm like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> all right. So I think that's a good one to end on. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I hope you were entertained and inspired by that interview. And I hope that you're going to listen to the next one. So without further ado, and no. So guys, I hope you inter <laughs> start over. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I hope it inspired you. I hope it gave you perspective. And I hope you're gonna have a good day after this. Thank you again for tuning into the Move Podcast, and we will see you next time. Toodles. <laughs>